Every year on these last Sundays before the church year comes to a close, I find myself struck by the apocalyptic discourse that rings out from these lectionary texts. Warning, destruction, doom, fire, flames. It's always slightly arresting, especially the part evildoers, temples, and temple leaders all brought down. Malachi saying, see, the day is coming, burning like an oven, the day that shall burn them up. Jesus saying about the temple, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown out. We shudder and we plug our ears or we try to explain it away, these prophecies. Ancient texts, we say. Literary devices, we hope. Author's license, we tell ourselves. But did you feel the disconnect? As the choir led us to lift our voices with the psalmist and sing that the Lord has done marvelous things? Maybe you, like me, push back against end-time proclamations by prophets of old and the doomsday sayings of the ancient writers as each year comes to a close. Can't the year just finish out well? Can't the last chapter just redeem the book? Can't some story just end on a positive note? Why must we finish every year with such doom and gloom? Where's the good news on this 23rd Sunday after Pentecost? Especially when the whole world seems to be burning up and flooding out. When the temple seems to no longer hold sway in the culture wars and the gospel seems to be under attack. When already nations war against nations and disease and despair threaten our survival, the land beneath our feet is perishing, and our communities are all upended by race and politics. Do we really need to read about end times? Now, most years about this time, I tell myself these prophecies, they're just a particular message to a particular group at a particular time by a particular author with a particular agenda. But this year, I think it's possible that it is a particular message, a warning to a particular group, us, at a particular time now, by a particular author, God, with a particular agenda, hey, Lissa. Hey, Christ Church, hey, followers of Jesus, it is time to put an end to things and to start embodying the promises of a future with God here and now. This year, I'm all about the apocalypse. Maybe it is time to topple the towers, to turn everything to stubble, to burn it all down, 
and start fresh again on Advent 1. I mean, isn't Advent when we wait with expectant hope for something new to be born? Something that will save us from destruction? Someone who will destroy death. And God who will, out of the ashes, make something new. Wouldn't it be kind of nice for everything we know to end so the reign of God can begin? Frankly, maybe it's time we started listening to the warnings of these prophets. Stop listening to the false prophets of money and power and privilege and prestige. Maybe it's time to let the wars in our hearts and the wars across our world be laid to rest. No more nations rising against nations. No more kingdoms against kingdoms. No more great earthquakes and famines and plagues and dreadful portents and great signs of heaven. Maybe it's time to bury all the hate. What if in this new year we relied instead on the words and wisdom that none of our opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. If we want out of this cycle of destruction, perhaps it's time to stop being weary in doing what is right. Think back and I realize we've all been taught to be so afraid of destruction and refining fire. But if God is faithful and judgment is a demonstration of love and righteousness is a deep expression of God's commitment to fix things, then I say bring it on. Perhaps if there is an end to the way we've been treating each other, we can restore human flourishing. Maybe if we let the right things die, we can learn to lean into the promise that God redeems the world. Maybe warring and destruction and fire and flames, they aren't such a bad thing. If, if something new rises from the ashes that is for God and of God, and to the benefit of all God's people. No, it's hard to imagine. <coughs> A total destruction of the ways of the world. But isn't that why Jesus came? To show us that the ways of empire have brought us to this place of isolation and segregation, and egoism. An end to the way things are today is as unbelievable to us as it was to the disciples sitting with Jesus in the glorious temple that morning, hearing of its end. But I wonder if maybe the systems of oppression are dismantled if the institutions fall and are righted, 
If we are emptied and then filled up, could the kingdom of God reign? Maybe it depends on destruction to bring about new life. The scripture tells us this is possible. We know now that the temple was in fact destroyed and that it didn't topple our church. It didn't silence the Jesus movement. It didn't diminish the power of God. We know now that God cannot be contained to a building, even a beautiful one built like the temple in Jesus' day. We know that destruction doesn't destroy us because in the years since the temple was destroyed, we've seen many things come crumbling down that seemed as unlikely, as unbelievable as that. And none of those things destroyed God or God's power or God's promise. Even just this year, look at Ukraine, our healthcare system, the streets of Florida, the forests of California, the cities of Pakistan. Consider the droughts and floods and cyclones and wildfires that have occurred in our own personal lives. Things we thought were stable and firm, but toppled right in front of our eyes. We lived through divorce and disease and death and despair, but it did not finish us, did not diminish God maybe even made something new in us. Maybe because in that refining fire, we began to ask, to whom do we listen when everything is being destroyed? To whom do we look when calamity ensues? Things well-established come down, but they do not crush us. They may unseat us for a moment, but God always prevails. Perhaps, perhaps it is when and only when everything that is sacred has been demolished, or we lose everything that we deem holy, that we get that fresh reminder of who God is and what God desires, and how God has designed things. Perhaps it is when things are being torn down that we are left with only the foundations of our faith and the God that stands above all the devastation. Perhaps things have to properly die before we can see a new creation being born in us and to us one that is born from the core commitments of our faith. I don't know. It's just that Malachi speaks to me this year. Maybe, maybe the work that I'm doing with the beloved community in St. Anselm's is making me desperately hope that the day comes when neither root nor branch of our sexist, racist, classist past will be left and all the arrogant and evildoers will just be stubble, even if that's me. Maybe the line at the door 
of the church on Sunday morning and the number of people at the other end of a barrel and the children growing up in this town was so very little in this country was so very much. It's just too much evidence that things are upside down right now and the whole darn system needs to be thrown out. A burning fire almost smells sweet like incense. All the wrongdoing thrown in. All the brokenness and failure thrown into the oven and burned into ashes. Maybe burying all these people I love this year has reminded me that though the body may be destroyed, the soul is transformed and new life is always being born even out of death. Maybe Maybe all the stories of survival I've heard from you and from the people on the margins, those in poverty or depression or crisis or loneliness or despair, maybe they've inspired me. Maybe seeing their rising up when all has been lost is gospel good news. Maybe watching people let things die so that new life can be born again in them has compelled me in a new way. Maybe all the devastation I've seen redeemed makes me believe again in the future hope of God, grounded in deliverance and redemption, especially for those who have nothing. I know it just makes me think that wiping everything away is our only hope that the sun of righteousness shall rise and there will be healing in its wings. I know, I wonder, could Jesus' projection about the temple be something of a welcome event? Maybe, maybe upending structures is the only way we get through to new creation. Maybe when everything is in shambles, that's when we figure out who God is. Maybe it's only by moving through the destruction that we can move into hope. Maybe that's why we end the year like this. To make way for the new year. Maybe it's just time to put an end to some things. Old animosities. Old patterns, <coughs> old patterns of behavior, old way of thinking, and ring in a new year when the horrible things have come to an end and we can live into that new thing that is being born. When I think about the whole of the Christian story, it kind of makes sense that we end the year this way. I mean, death bringing life is the story of our faith. Unbelievable things and unlikely occurrences, they are our Christian realities. Death is destroyed, new creations are being born. Maybe that's why they can sing the psalmists, because they know the past reality of God and the future hope of God's promise. Maybe they've figured out how to embody it here and now. Maybe they can sing because they've come through the fire and claimed the new life. Maybe that's what allows us to be new every morning 
I mean, we're never really the same anyway. Nothing is ever the same, is it? Something is always dying, and something is always being born, even for us, for us churchgoers and our church. We have seen death and new life in the church since the very beginning, and we've seen it especially in these last three years. We are constantly changing and evolving in response to the world. And that is not sad to me. It's actually rather hopeful. We are always being made new through refining fire. Each time we gather, we're a different and new body. Each time we sing, it's a different and new song. Each time we pray, it's a different and new prayer. We are not static beings. Our church, our traditions, they are not static. They change every day. We evolve and we grow and we change and we adapt, enduring a series of small deaths and celebrating big resurrections. There is so much hope for me in that. And I guess I'm, I'm just kind of ready to walk into that future to let the old pass away and the new be born. I guess I just trust that God is bigger than the mess we have made of our lives and our nation and our planet and our faith. I guess I just believe that God does make things new. Even me, even you, even us. Maybe I've just come to see that sometimes God does the best work in love through a series of deaths and rebirths. So I say bring on the destruction this year as it comes to a close. Bring on the apocalyptic prophecies. Bring on Malachi and the temple destruction. Because as Christians, we know that when death comes, there is healing in its wings. We know that as Unbelievable and unthinkable as it is, God is faithful, and the body of the faithful will not perish. So bring on the flames and the fire, because we know that by our endurance, we will gain our souls. Bring on this new year, so that when all the bad stuff is destroyed in a burning fire, something new can be born in us and through us that gives life to the world. Bring on the end so God and we might begin again. Amen.